Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee, a podcast of Redeemer Counseling Group. Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, we are happy to have you. And if you enjoy this podcast, it helps if you rate and review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And of course, any sharing of the podcast on social media is greatly appreciated. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can visit our website at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com or look us up on Facebook. And with that, here is Cherie with Counseling Over Coffee. So I'm back with Benny. Hello. And this is the last of our series on thoughts from an old married couple from a fourfold summary that Tim Keller provided on why God devised marriage. And in episode 20, if you want to listen back on that, if you haven't read it, I'm sorry, listen to it, (laughs) on reflecting God's love for us in Christ and how marriage refines our character. Uh, We covered those two of the four points. And then last week, we had a great time discussing Mm -hmm. how marriage can create a stable human community for the birth and nurture of children. And we got to talk about our kids. That was so much fun. Yes, it was. So today, we will be discussing how marriage accomplishes all these things, the three things we've already discussed, by what Mr. Keller calls bringing the complementary sexes into an enduring whole life union. So, Benny, what do you think of that? What do you think Mr. Keller means by this statement, bringing the complementary sexes into an enduring whole life union? That is a that's a good question. I think it's interesting because I think he's making several excellent points here. And first, he uses the phrase complementary sexes. There's been a lot of talk in churches over the past decades about what has been coined complementarianism, a word that has come to mean that men and women have unique but complementary roles in marriage, family life, church leadership. But Mr. Keller is using this. We we know from broader reading of him and other things that we've heard from him, he actually is using this phrase and this sentence in a in a broader kind of context, a broader way that focuses on how husbands and wives can partner together in marriage yes. where their roles and their gifts enhance and draw attention to one another's um, differing qualities and their contributions. And he then uses the phrase, the enduring whole life union. Right. That speaks to the the covenant aspect of marriage, a relationship that's meant to last for a lifetime. Mm, What a great summary. It is a great summary. So the point of this mini series we're doing, now that I've turned my phone off and you won't be hearing my notifications, is to talk about how his fourfold summary applies to our marriage. Mm. And While I know we would both love to get into the broader aspects of marriage Mm -hmm. that the church has focused on, like passages like Ephesians 5, we've talked about how Mr. Keller's summary applies to 
us as a couple. Yes, yes. Yeah, sometimes I, I think the, the beauty of Scripture is just it's subtly lost on some when we, we take kind of this microscopic view of the scriptures. Mm. When church leaders focus on places like Ephesians 5 and, and talk only about a husband's headship and a wife's submission, for example, it's like putting the scripture under a microscope, which, I mean, certainly is important at times so that we understand the meaning of words, the author's intent, those kinds of things. We want to interpret things correctly. Right. But when we take a more telescopic view of God's Word. We see biblical truth in all of its beauty. Mm. I think one of the things God has really helped you and I in, in our marriage, is to look at Scripture in this more telescopic way. How does the Bible teach us to treat and view each other in general? And then how do we apply that, uh, the views of the, the passage of Scripture that address marriage specifically in that broader context, the grander teaching of Scripture. That's so true, Benny, because even last week, this came into focus for us in a counseling session Mm -hmm. with a couple. Remember, we we used Colossians 12, I'm sorry, Colossians 3, 12 through 14, where Paul talks about putting on compassion humility, kindness, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven us. Yeah. What we don't want to do is we don't want to separate uh, specific scriptures on marriage, uh, you know, for for broader application of relationships. We, 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 We want to embed those passages on headship and submission and roles in the home, which, uh, you know, is a phrase the Bible never uses, into passages like Colossians 3. Exactly. Because, you know, leadership of of any kind uh, is is rooted, needs to be rooted in compassion and and kindness and those kinds of things. And and submission is, is not to be thought of as just some kind of military ranking in a mm. home. That's, mm. that's not how we are to, under, I don't believe, that's how we're to understand those scriptures. Yeah, I love that. And, and I, think, I think that's something that we've kind of always been aware of. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I think partly our association with CCEF, the Christian mm-hmm. Counseling right. Educational Foundation, where we've been getting our training, but also because of how it's worked in our marriage, how we've been able over 50 years to learn that the broader passages of scripture are what have helped make Mm -hmm. our marriage work. And I can only speak for myself as a wife. I was taught from a very young age, growing up in a little Baptist church Mm -hmm. in Greenbelt, Maryland, that the scriptures are inspired by God and they're true and they're God-breathed. And ever since I was a little girl, I've God's helped me through the, the care and the leadership of, of godly people to embrace the truth that men and women and husbands and wives right. are different, right. not just biologically, but in the call God has placed on our life to have this unique 
kind of roll or or when I think of it like a highway, I think mm-hmm. of it as a lane, right. so to speak, in marriage. And I love biblical headship and submission when they're understood, as you've just explained it, mm-hmm. in the context of the sum of Scripture that teaches we all right. are to treat each other with compassion yes. and kindness and gentleness. But honestly... Being in a church culture over the past, you know, several decades that focused on defining for me what these handful of passages on marriage roles had to look like was challenging. And at times you would be aware, Benny, it just didn't seem like I I really fit into that. Right, right. And and I get that because I I felt uh, similarly at times, you know. And and when leadership is... um, defined by a particular personality type or gift mix, it makes it hard uh, to, to make application at times. And I experienced the, the challenge over, over the years yeah. of, of feeling like I wasn't doing it right. Somehow I wasn't a good leader. I was inferior. That I wasn't assertive enough or decisive enough or fill in the blank. Uh, it just, at times it just was, was difficult unnecessarily difficult. Right, cuz we were we were both I think trying to to shape ourselves right. in in a certain way that fit um at not always but at times uh, some narrow application right, right. of what things should look like in our marriage but thankfully we we found our way through it, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yes. And one of the things I've loved about how God has helped us is when we didn't fall into some of the Christian stereotypes of what biblical roles in the home had to look like. And I remember, I was thinking about this um, Mm -hmm. earlier this week. I remember hearing a teaching many years ago by a woman that I respected and who had provided a a list of ways that biblical roles in the home could be applied. Right. And she was gracious and she wasn't advocating a list of rules, but shared right, said right. that she was sharing ideas to consider. But the feeling some of us got, and, and that would be me, was this is how you can ensure biblical femininity and masculinity can work right. in your marriage. Right. And I think we both tried to make sure we were walking these things out well, but the fact is... You like doing the laundry. Yeah, I'm a little OCD in that regard. (laughs) Right. And I really enjoyed those seasons of doing morning devotions with the kids. Yes, you did a great job. And both of these things didn't fit into some of these narrow definition of, of, quote, biblical roles. Right, right. And I I remember one time when uh, the man who used to, to lead our denomination of churches asked me what it was like to be married to a woman who could do just about anything. No. I think he asked me that when we were at a conference and you were giving giving me a haircut in the hallway outside our room because we ran out of time to get it done before before oh, we left. I remember that. I think Jesse was a like a, a newborn. Baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I I was I was attracted to a high school girl who was strong and competent and had clear leadership gifts. Mm. As our friend Danny would say often to you, uh, or even to me, you know, Cherie could rule a small nation, and he he meant that affectionately. 
And, and the kids and I benefited from that gift. We benefited from your gifts of organization and leadership and care. Mm. And some, sometimes I do think that, that those issues and that way of, of, of thinking, uh, you know, narrow, narrowly defining these, these gifts uh, have really caused some misunderstanding as, as what a masculine quality, you know, really is. Or that, you know, your strengths in particular didn't fall into that more narrow definition of a wife's role in marriage. And, and I think at times, I mean, some of that was probably our interpretation of things right, and exactly. misunderstanding of some things. But, but there was a clear uh, statement being made at times mm-hmm. about the more narrow view of things. Well, I appreciate you saying that and I did feel that at times but but not from you Mm, I I didn't feel that from you and I was and remain attracted to a guy that was laid back and had a quiet influence on people from Mm. the beginning I I some I knew Benny that I needed someone like you that you that I needed someone that was different than me. You were clearly gifted in communication Thank and you. you were able to influence people, even as a brand new Christian at yeah. what, 16 yeah, or yeah. 17? Yeah, um, 16, yeah. With your love for scripture, because you'd been trained as a right. good Baptist boy. Good Baptist you knew boy. the Bible. Right. I knew the Bible, even though I wasn't living it. Right. And, and then there was your ability to communicate it winsomely and mm. well. And people were drawn to your passion, to your vision for the church, and your skill in making the Bible come alive. And that's that's something that you still have here at wow. almost 70 years old. Uh, oh, I'm and glad I, you feel that way. I do. And I love it. One of my favorite things, and I know you love this too, <laughs> yeah. you'll admit it, is when our kids list out their favorite dad sermons yeah. and going all the way back to when they were kids right, or teens, right. but sometimes it felt to me kind of like it, it did to you mm. that that your gifts and personality were more fitting of who I needed to be. Almost like there was this this some kind of a role, weird role reversal. Yeah, yeah. and that, and that's what happens when we apply. Uh, man-made definitions of gender roles to to marriage rather than allowing scripture to interpret itself. Mm. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says husbands should take out the trash and, and wives manage, uh, I mean, excuse me, and manage the finances while wives do the cooking and the cleaning. Right. It, and it it saddens me the more and more, you know, I get involved in counseling, especially that People making those man-made applications Mm -hmm. has resulted in what I think are understandable reactions to biblical complementarity, where gender differences and and a rightful, beautiful application of our uniqueness as husband and wife are clouded. Mm -hmm. And so, so many women I know struggle with feeling in the past that the church or maybe even the present has trivialized their gifts right, and influence right. and that the Bible has been used by their husbands and others 
to encourage a, a subtle culture of male superiority in the home. And I get why that's hard. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't experience that from you. And our kids didn't see that in you. And I am so grateful. Well, you're welcome. I, I honestly can't explain why that was, ex- except that I think that the way my understanding of how Christ treats the church is a, is a call of sacrifice and a life laid down. And, and I love the way that, that Mark 10 uh, is, gives us an example of uh, how we can embed kind of marriage passages in the broader teaching of Scripture. This is, this is a passage where Jesus is talking to the disciples about how uh, <clears throat> what leadership you know, in the natural can look like in their society when he mm-hmm. says that, you know, you've heard it, you've seen it, that the Gentiles lorded over those. But oh, yeah, I right. say to you, and then he gives this, this really beautiful explanation uh, that, that, you know, leadership isn't calling the shots and being, you know, lord of the manor. It, it, mm. it's, it's not having necessarily the, the final say, the buck stops here, you know, that w- when it falls into the, the narrow role of the husbands. It, 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 it's, you know, when Jesus uh, talks about leadership there in, in, in Mark chapter 10, he, he's talking about what it looks like to serve mm. as a leader. And, and he says, you know, even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve mm. and give his life as a ransom for many. We need to take biblical headship in the home and embed that into that passage of Scripture. So, so when we're talking about male leadership... We're talking about a life laid down, a life ransomed for others, and not in the salvific sense in, in which Jesus is talking right. about. But it still gives us a picture of what genuine male leadership can look like. What? No, not male leadership. Genuine leadership can look like. Right. And I, one of the things I've loved over the years as you and I have talked is is you've given me the freedom to, to lead in the home as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't ever feel like you were the only leader. You know, you encouraged my leadership of the kids. Mm-hmm. You encouraged my mentoring and discipling of them alongside yours. And I, I love that. And I wish we could talk right, more right. about this. Yeah. And, and, you know, for anybody who has questions out there, please please send them in through Facebook or through email and and let us talk about them because I think there's some touchy points here mm-hmm. for people that can shroud the beauty of right. biblical right. teaching. But let's go on and just make some closing comments on the whole life union aspect of Mr. Keller's summary. Okay. So, right. so we're in our 50th year of marriage and some of those years have been so great, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Full of sweet memories and wonderful things that have happened that we cherish, including the seven kids God gave us. Right. But some of those years were hard. Mm-hmm. And as I said two episodes ago, I wish I had known the place of suffering 
right. at the place that suffering would hold in our marriage. Yeah. When the hard times came, which they do in right. every marriage. I right. mean, we were just with a couple tonight that's been married probably 30 years or more. Right. And they're struggling through some very common mm-hmm. issues in marriage. We all struggle. Right, right. But when these hard times came, I, I just wasn't prepared. Mm. It's it's interesting. I've been I've been thinking about this. I wasn't prepared for how hard our relationship would be at times. Mm-hmm. But I also wasn't prepared for how poorly I would respond to those challenges. Mm. And you know, growing up and even with the kids, I I, I didn't see myself as having an anger problem. Right. But over the years and over just the, the common grind of marriage, you and I both have seen my anger flare. Right. It mostly yeah. when we're in conflict in ways that it doesn't flare with other situations, including with our kids. And even when I try to keep my anger hidden, you you can tell. Yeah, and and again, I I think anger's on a spectrum. You know, all, all things are on some kind of spectrum. And and I think, you know, yes, you you have dealt with anger, but we've never been. We don't yell at each other. We don't. Right. You know. It, I've that, come. I've come close well, though, Benny. Yeah, you you, you admit close. it. I come. I've come yeah, close. Yeah. You, you've always thrown small objects, not big ones. But <laughs> but the, you know the, the I think. I would want everybody to understand we're not talking about this explosive anger. And and even when we're talking about some of those other things, I, I think we have to be careful about the things that we're not saying. And so that's mm. why I really, I'm glad you encourage people to write in because a lot of times they'll have questions about things that we didn't say. Yeah, and so that's, that, that's good. You know, and, and that's a legit, that's a legit thing to have to worry about. But anyway, I, I think, you know, as you're talking about your anger and some of the things that we've come to realize, I mean, I, I know that, you know, my, when we get into these challenging, difficult situations, Mm -hmm. my tendency is to withdraw, you know, if, Mm, if, if, if this is going to be difficult, if this is going to be really, really hard, a topic that, oh, I don't really want to talk about this again. You know, I just, I, I tend to withdraw and I'm, I'm, I've been surprised at how uh, easy it's been to pull away rather than lean in. Mm. Because really, when, when things start getting challenging like that, we really are called to lean into that. Right. I really believe Scripture calls us to respond in a way that's, that, that considers the other person more important than ourselves, and that's true in marriage. Mm. And yet, you know, I have to fight this temptation to, to, to withdraw and learn how to lean in. And that's been, that's been a hard lesson to learn over these years. And and by God's grace, I'm trusting that you know it's it's happening to some yes. degree or other. Yeah, and through it all, I mean, God has really sustained us. Mm-hmm, he has. He has been so faithful, even in our weaknesses and our sins and our patterns of hurting each other that we didn't even understand when we were younger, Benny. We we didn't get it. And the hard work that we've invested into our relationship, even over the past decade, Mm -hmm. 
has been such a great reminder of the importance to continue right. to pursue growth and change, even as we're getting older, right? We yes, never get too that, old to grow and that, change and, right. and be sanctified. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and I would say that I've learned more about areas of, of needed change in my life as a husband in the past decade than in the previous four decades combined. And, and I would encourage any uh, couples out there who, who feel stuck or are facing these reoccurring issues in your marriage that, that you, you just you get so tired of them coming back up over mm. and over again. Seek out help from those yes, around you absolutely. or even you know pursue some level of uh, counseling to, to, to make the kind of progress that will keep you growing, moving in the mm-hmm. right direction. And, uh, and a real key to the health of, I think, of our marriage is uh, the people that God has used to sharpen us by their example and mm. their counsel yes. over the years. I don't know what we would have done without genuine friendships and, and eventually the, the formal counseling that we've uh, received over the years. Yeah, I mean, just sitting here thinking, Benny, I... Names and faces are coming right. to my mind. Right, people up in Northern Virginia mm-hmm. um, that are, were a part of the church that we all started together up there. Right, uh, marriage retreats that we went on mm-hmm. with the, yes. the church staff there. Right, and friends. You know, our we became friends with the parents of our kids' friends. Right, right, and that influence, and then moving to Florida and being a part of uh, Metro Life Church here in Orlando and some of the, the signatures that were left on our life there. Right. And now Redeemer Church mm-hmm. and the friendships and um, the biblical fellowship right. that we've right. enjoyed here. Benny, we, where would we be as know. a married couple? I really don't know. If we hadn't had these kinds of rich right. relationships. Right. It's that's, that's a great reminder. Yeah. So, this has been great, and um, I wish we could talk more. I'm yeah. sure we will. Oh, gosh. Um, wish about... we could talk about our small group and how oh. how wonderful it is to have those kinds of relationships and biblical fellowship. Yeah, and who has a small group with people from, let's see, a couple from North Carolina, <laughs> a couple from Virginia. Oh, you're going to have to explain that. <laughs> a couple from Melbourne, Florida, about an hour from now. People who can't be a part of our church right now but they want to be a part of our our small group right and here we are on zoom having a small right, group with right. people in different states it's it's pretty unusual it really is but i love it and you you all know who you we're talking about we love you <laughs> but i'm excited to tell the folks what's coming up soon with mm, the podcast yes, yes we're going to be doing a series of podcasts on caring for specific groups of people in our lives. Excuse me. I need to take a drink. All right. And the first interview will be with a United States Army chaplain I've met. Right. Who's stationed over in Germany, who has a ministry focus that has been on caring for and counseling the sexually Mm, broken. It's so important. It's because we're all sexually broken. We're all a part of the fall. Everything about us right. is broken. Right. 
And we will be discussing how to extend compassion and hope mm-hmm. to friends and family who struggle sexually. Oh, that's good. And It'll and so not, good. like you said earlier, everything's on a spectrum. Right. So we're not just talking about caring for the LGBTQ plus community. Right. We're not just talking about caring for those who have committed heinous sins right. of adultery. Right. <clears throat> but people who struggle in ordinary everyday ways, mm-hmm. couples who struggle with their own physical relationship as we we're hearing from a couple tonight. Right. Couples you know, who struggle with, you know, bouts with or addictions to pornography or, you know, the right. sexual brokenness is on a spectrum. And so this delightful man who's pursuing his PhD in this category mm. is going to be helping us. And I'm also planning interviews to equip us to care for special needs oh, families. Oh, that's going to be fun. You know how dear yeah. that is to our hearts yeah. with two grandsons on the autism spectrum. Right. Um, a, a, a podcast on caring for single adults mm-hmm. in churches that often tend toward family-centered ministry or couples struggling with in, infertility, those kinds of yes. specific topics. And I'll be mixing other topics in but because Counseling Over Coffee is dedicated to helping Christians care for others in everyday ways, I thought it would be great to learn from those who are actually experiencing right, those right. common struggles, but who sometimes feel the church misses right. their yeah, trials. Uh-huh. And so how can we grow in that? Right, so it's going to be good. So if you're listening and you have ideas for people you would like to better care for or... You have some expertise in ministering to people that you think would help others. Please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We'd love to talk with you. 